And we're back. Another edition Stripe Show podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. And this is a this is a special one here. I've been looking forward to getting this man here uh, on the screen next to me for quite some time because uh, he's the coach of. Well, if you follow me, you know, I am the president of the Corey Connors fan club as I've been beating the drum. Corey Connors is coming, people. Putter's gonna the putter's gonna catch up to the ball striking, and this young man is gonna go. And we're starting to see it. And his coach, longtime coach, ten years, joining me here all the way up in Winnipeg, Canada. Derek Ingram, I can't thank you enough for uh, coming on. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, me too, Travis. Thanks for having me on. Well, your man's rolling. I mean, he is uh, he is playing some great golf. I love watching him play. Um, he's just a brilliant ball striker. Um, you know, he's got all the statistics to back it up. But I think this this run of golf that we're seeing right now uh, from the 29-year-old Corey Connors is impressive. I'll, I'll read it off here. Third, Arnold Palmer. Seventh at the Players. 14th at the Valero. Eighth at Augusta, which I can see you got your master sweatshirt on. And then fourth... Um, at the RBC Heritage, this is pretty. Uh, this is pretty strong stuff. Are you um, you pretty happy with your man here as he uh, as he rolls here into in the month of May? Yeah, no, he's he's been playing great, and actually, Travis, he's been playing great since about September last year. Uh, if we dig even deeper, but uh, you know, t- just tons of top tens, lots of great finishes, and feeling more and more comfortable uh, being one of the best players out there. That's a big part of it, isn't it? Like just like just being comfortable mentally that. I, I belong here, number one, right? And then number two, for Corey, I'm one of the best players out here. Like, I I, I belong here. Is that, that's a big part of the psyche, isn't it? Yeah, for sure it is. And I think, you know, for Corey, knowing Corey, it's it's taken a little bit of time for that. You know, he, as a good, he was a really good junior player. And, you know, all of a sudden, he won the world junior in Japan uh, as a junior player. That is a college player and an amateur player. He was a pretty good college player, pretty good amateur player. And then basically became one of the top amateur players in the world for almost two years. He'd play anywhere around the world for two years straight in the best amateur events around the world and either win or top 10 or top 20. If he, if he didn't have his good stuff, it'd be a top 15. Uh, if he had his good stuff, it'd be a top five. But if he putt, you know, putted well or played well, he'd win. And so uh, now I'm, we're kind of seeing that progression on the PGA Tour where he's getting more comfortable out there. You know, he, he knew when he got out there, he was a pretty good player. But now he's starting to, you know, really believe that, hey, I, I like my chances out here. Yeah, I thought he, you know, the Valero kind of stands out to me, you know, he was defending yeah, and it kind of got off to a little bit of a sluggish start, but I thought he, like, he showed a lot of maturity, just kind of hung in there, didn't have his A game. I'm sure he was kind of pulled in a lot of different directions, which he wasn't used to. And then he just kind of, you know, worked his way back in a 14th, even though like eighth at the masters, seventh at the players, I just thought, you know, this guy, we know he can go and we're going to talk about the improvement he's made in his putting. But I just thought he showed a lot of just maturity there that week and maybe a tournament that could have got away from him. He just kind of hung in there and, you know, another top 15 finish. Let me let me tee up on his ball striking because I I, I talk about it a lot um, and that this guy is the most underrated ball striker on the PGA Tour. I've been saying that for a while. Now, the statistics will prove that strokes gain off the tees ninth. Strokes gain approach. He's tenth. Has he always been like this? Just like a like a ball striking machine from tee to green. Yeah, I'd love to take a lot more credit for that, Travis. But uh, he's always been a guy who has had an ability to hit the middle of the club face just consistently over and over and over again. And uh, you know, I remember joking with him when he was a you know really good amateur player. We'd be on the track, man. I'm like, oh, did you kind of get that one a little bit on the heel? He's like, oh no, that's right in the middle. And then I <laughs> then I confirm with the track man as a one point five one or one point five zero, and you know. 
yeah, I like to think I've got a good ear for that stuff. I mean, <laughs> you, you and I, we, we stand in the range all day long for, you know, 25 years. So I, I kind of feel like I can tell when a, a person, you know, and see when a person gets it a teeny bit on the bottom or a little bit in the heel or a little bit on the toe. But with him, you know, he would always trick me uh, with that. So he's had, had that ability to, you know, get the, the golf ball in the middle of the club face for a long time. Uh, and you know, he's just polished it over time. And he, he's, he's, he's always been a person also who's had a ton of greens and regulations. Like, mm. like he has just worn that greens and regulation stat out, uh, over the years. And it's something I, I really love because I feel like, uh, greens and regulation correlates to, to great finishes and money made. Yeah, he does. Every time they go to him, it's like, he's got 17 feet for birdie. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like clockwork really. Um, yeah. you know, you look at us, you, you look at a swing and it's, you know, like in social media, and I know you're on social media some, and like it's really easy to get caught up in the aesthetics, right? Like this modern, perfect swing shape, face square, change of knee flex, big turn, shallow it, rotate, you know, all these things that, that we hear. Yeah. Um, I love seeing the swings like Corey that have so many good things, but then have their own little idiosyncrasies too, you know, and that it hasn't been, I think, overcoached, right, perhaps. And like you look at Corey kind of gets the club head, you know, maybe just kind of subtly inside early. And then it's not this huge turn in the hips. It's more just kind of upper and, you know, sets it. And then he just kind of rotates and off he goes, right? And so I, I look at that. And the first thing that comes to my mind is like Corey – hasn't been overcoached, you know, like he hasn't been overcoached. Take us through this journey with him where he's always been a great ball striker and you're trying to maybe layer in, you know, some things to improve technically, especially when he's struggling, but at the same time, just protect perhaps the genius that Corey has always been. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, that's a huge turn for him, but it's not a huge turn for, for everybody. So, you know, by, by turning more, he's improved his ball striking. He's got okay. a little deep, deeper and, um at the top and it's made it easier it made it easier for him to to even be a better ball striker but uh you know with me i guess one of the hallmarks of myself and our our national team program but you know and, and really my belief is that um if somebody first we have to test people and challenge people at a high level to see if they can do it uh both under pressure and not under pressure and if they can uh reproduce uh at a super high level then uh why why try and make it prettier and sacrifice the ability to hit hit it as, as good or or score as good and so uh I try not to make people look better I try to make them score better that's kind mm -hmm. of my my goal as a coach so uh, the turn has gotten bigger for him like that that's something that you work oh, yeah. on with him Oh yeah, I mean we, okay. we you know we've done lots of you know when he gets a bigger turn there's a little less hands and arms and he yeah you know I, I love the fact that he's got great hands and arms and again has that ability to to put the club on the middle of the golf ball almost every single time uh, but we want to make it a little bit easier and we have mm -hmm. uh, so that's you know one of the things we've worked on uh, over the you know billion things but we you know we haven't we haven't gone after oh here's our model here we want to look like this person because right. Uh, you know, and if you look at some of the players like Coach Taylor Pendrith or or Coach McKenzie Hughes for many years, I mean, you know, Corey almost exclusively hits a draw. Mac almost exclusively hits a cut. Taylor's got a super vertical uh, lead arm at the top of his swing, and then shallows a lot. I mean, people would love that. Uh, but you know, to me, it's all about testing him and, and challenging him and saying, okay, what's your ball striking like? Can't hold under, hold up under the highest amount of pressure. Um, and so for, for me, it's never really been about making it the prettiest. It's making it the most efficient. So Corey likes to hit that little draw, 
yeah. pretty much with every club, right? I mean, it's even like a wedge. It's it doesn't turn much, but it kind of has that same sure. look to it. Yeah. No, there's no there's no fades out there, uh, Travis. I mean, okay. if, there's, if there's cuts or fades, I'm getting a. I, I, I jokingly say that you know if he gets one one cut, that it's okay. But if, if there's two fades or, or cuts, that I'm getting a text message uh, almost immediately. And so <laughs> it's not true, but he does love to see the ball drop uh, drop to the left and. Uh, you know, at times it's been a big swinger to the left, and other times it's literally just you're you're standing behind him going, I know it's drawing because the spin axis and the track bend or the foresight tells me it yeah. is, but you know, it's super straight. What's his miss? Like what happens when he is there something that he kind of tends to fall into and you're like, Hey, we're, we're kind of doing this again. Let's 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 get out of that. Is there anything there? Well, he can he can tend to bounce back a little bit too much and maybe get some on the heel and push it to the right, you know, when he's off. But again, the ability to great having great hands and great great mm-hmm. athleticism allows him to hit in the middle of the club face even when he's off. And so they're pretty straight. But you'll you know when they're not drawing or not turning uh, a little bit, that's when he's a little bit off. The bounce back meaning his spine kind of falls yeah. to the right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a common thing that you hear a lot of coaches talk about with with professionals. They'll they'll kind of back it up, catch yeah. on the heel, and yeah. So yeah. If, if if Corey gets the pressure back to his trail side, uh, then it's almost a guarantee he's going to hit it great. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if sometimes he tends to hang on 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 the lead leg a teeny bit, and then maybe he might bounce back a little bit, and then then we can get some overhooks or some blocks to the right. Uh, but the other thing is, again, I'd love to take credit credit for this stuff and tell you how brilliant I am, Travis. But this guy's got an unbelievable awareness mm-hmm. of how his body moves and his game and, and contact. And it's and that's something that's that's developed over time, like thousands upon thousands of hours of practicing. And, and uh, he really has that awareness and he can like he can really correct mm-hmm. super quick. Yeah, it's almost like I think in the last maybe be handful of years, it's like it's OK to have like it's good to have good hands. Right. And players that have good hands um, in the golf swing, that that shouldn't always be viewed. That's not it shouldn't be viewed as a bad thing. You know, like I look at Stuart Sink and I just did this breakdown and I got some feedback from it. And they're like, well, that's not the way that it should be swung because it should be more, you know, flex coming down and turning. And yeah, okay, I I, I would prefer that. And and I'm certainly encouraging that to the masses of players. Yeah. But. Um, I mean, Stuart Sink in that era and Phil Mickelson and Leishman and these guys, you know, that bring this kind of cup lead wrist down and then they kind of raise the handle and they have good hands. Man, like I, you're going to coach that out of a player. That's a pretty strong statement, you know, to, to take that out and say flex and turn and get the hands out of it. So there's certainly different ways to do it. You got to be very careful with a player of the skill set like a Corey, like a Stuart Sink who have their DNA and such great spatial awareness and feel, um, because you can coach that genius right out of him, which we know has happened many, many times. So it's always an interesting conversation. Let me ask you this about the distance um, that we see now on tour. Corey's 295 off of the tee. Was there ever a conversation when Bryson started going about it this way? We saw Rory be very transparent about how it affected him. Did Corey ever come up to you and say, hey, coach, um, we need 10 more? <laughs> well, honestly, you know, Corey's, Corey's probably uh... – He's coached me as much as I have because I, you know, with uh, I use, uh, you know, a multitude of stats guys from uh, Peter Sanders at Shot by Shot and Lou at uh, 
Stagner and, you know, mm-hmm. decade. We, you know, I, I, and Mark Brody, like I, I use all these guys or, or try and steal information from all of them. And obviously we're aware of, Hey, we'd like to be a little longer. Who wouldn't be? And, you know, in the off season, Corey, Corey can hit it further. There's no question about it. Mm. He's got another, you know, uh, he's got 180 ball speed, 182, 183 ball speed in the bag. But, you know, we also want to find our golf ball uh, <laughs> and uh, we like it in the shortstop. And when you're one of the, one of the best iron players in the world it's also a, a lot of fun to have it in the short stuff because it's it's really an advantage and so uh and and i said to him oh yeah i want you to do this or i want you to do that but we've had great discussions and i think that's one thing that's that really uh is important between a, a coach and a student is that relationship and you would be able to relate to this when you've got a deep you know trusting relationship with somebody you can throw anything out there and he can say hey listen i don't like that or i love that and I can say, hey, I don't like us going this way. Or I, I want us going this way. And we can have a discussion about it and come up with the right plan for the athlete. And so, you know, we know we can get it, hit it further. Uh, you know, we know we're not going to be a long drive guy. We're, we're certainly not going to be Bryson. Uh, we're a control player, but we're longer than average. And so, uh, yeah, and if he wants to hit it hard, you'll see him get it up, get up into the 180, you know, close to 180 ball speed or even a tad more. But again, we, we're looking for balls in the middle of the fairway too. Yeah. Is that where that turn gets even deeper yet into the right heel when he, when he cranks it up? Yeah, I mean, he'll get for sure. He'll get a little, little bit deeper there. He'll get the left heel off the ground, so oh. the bigger turn. You know, the arms might run even a little more wild. Uh, but with him, he'll still hit it in the middle of the club face, which is nice. Yeah. But uh, again, I, I think it, there's you have to be you. You have to be yeah. a great version of you. And you know, if we're trying to teach, uh, you know, Brian Gay to be uh, Bryson DeChambeau, he's probably not going to have those four or five or six PGA Tour wins he's gotten. You know. Webb Simpson seems to be playing not too badly. Uh, and so there, di- there's different ways to, to get this done. And I think you have to be, you have to identify, hey, these are my strengths. This is my trump card. And I'm going to really run with this. And I'm going to be awesome at this. And, yeah. and I can, when I'm on, I can be the best player, uh, you know, this week and maybe even in the world. Yeah, I like the idea of being great at something, you know. And yeah. and if you can be great at something, then, man, like that's that's a that's a really good foundation to have and then just start layering in things around it to support it and Corey's a great ball striker and he's already longer than average so yeah you start weighing that out we don't we can't move away from being great you know in this in this arena and the other thing that he's starting to become great at is putting i mean he's really uh Derek and nothing has made me happier than to see in this little stretch of golf here let me let me rattle off a few stats here for you okay so i I mentioned the last uh five tournaments so strokes gained putting at arnold palmer he was positive 3.8 players positive 3.5 valero positive 2.3 masters i don't have but i would bet it's got to be positive for sure it was yeah um rbc positive two and that's that's a run of five here now of great putting strokes gained putting now he's up to 63rd um, I don't know. I'm just, just my perception. When I look at him, he just looks much more comfortable now. Um, in with the flat stick, he, he looks like, um, he looks like he's trying to make putts now. That's just my, um, observation, uneducated guess looking at it versus in the past. Um, what's, what's changed here. I mean, what's happened here, Derek, with this surgence of now, what looks like incredible, uh, putting. How long do we have here? Uh, okay, <laughs> we got all the time no. in the world. People will no, listen. Trust me. <laughs> uh, 
you know, we the big probably the biggest change, uh, Travis, was we changed from uh, regular, you know, a putting grip where he, you know he had the the finger down like covering three fingers like that. We went to the left hand lower cross handed after the PGA at Harding Park last year. Okay. We, you know, and that was a big change. We've been talking about that uh, for maybe a year and a half or two years or two and a half years. And one of the, one of the hallmarks of Corey Connors, why he's so good is he's a little bit, uh, he's going to take his time to make big changes. He's not going to jump into them and start searching for unicorns or magic pixie dust here. We're going to, we're going to be aware of things and, and take some time. So the change to crosshand, I think is one of the big things that helped a new putter from Ping uh, a little bit more of a, a teeny bit of a mallet, uh, but still blade look and feel, but a little bit more of a, a mallet. So we'll give Ping a, a little shout out there. Uh, you know, having a, his, his caddy, uh, you know, bringing him in, new caddy, uh, practicing green reading every single day. So that as a team, I think it's really made a nice difference. Hmm. Uh, and I guess the last thing, you know, without, because there's a million, there's a few other t minor tweaks, but if you look at his routine, he's one of the fastest players on tour, both over the golf ball and everywhere. And so we moved that to the putting green as well, because I remember watching him as an amateur, like I'd be just still getting the number or something like that. And the ball would be in the air. He's so fast. And I love that about him because he's quick and committed. And so he moved that into the putting green. His routine is one of the fastest out there as well. And, uh, you know, he's worked hard. Again, all that makes a bit of a difference, but he's worked really, really hard at some of the changes we've talked about. You know, it's funny you say that because that was, that was, I had that on my notebook here was that's the other thing that I noticed is that he looks like he's really much quicker now and decisive too when he is when he's putting. Um, you could really see it this week at RBC. There was a couple of times they were talking and I, they almost like talked over the putt because he was already hitting it. <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's uh, it's great stuff. Is he is he aware that he's got to be excited, right? Like he he's aware now. Okay, my putting now, I'm gonna win. I mean, number one, I know I belong. Number two, I know I'm one of the best ball strikers in the world. And now I'm becoming a top shelf putter. Like he knows in his head, right? Like this is his best golf's ahead. Yeah, I think he's he's really feeling that. He is the most, uh, you know, humble guy you're going to find out there. Uh, super laid back, real. But he's getting more and more comfortable being on the PGA Tour at the mm -hmm. top of the leaderboard, playing with the best players, uh, and and you know more comfortable with this game, the golf courses. So yeah, he he likes. I, I guess the best way of putting it might be he loves his chances. Uh, you know, I think he also likes his chances in the big events, Travis, like okay. the golf championships and the majors. I think he feels like, hey, I'm a major winner one day. And he's still a young man, but I think he feels mm -hmm. like, hey, I, I, I believe I'm gonna I'm gonna win some of those big events as well. I think it's fair to say he's a late bloomer. He could be a bit of a late bloomer, right? I mean, it's it's just who he's been. He, he takes a little time, feels things out. Uh, and over that time, he's taking it in, building an awareness, you know, learning, and then he gets comfortable and then boom, he plays great. And then, you know, and that's happened as a junior, that's happened as a college and an amateur player. And now it's happening as a professional. Talk to me about a short game. What do you, what do you think his strength is and what would you like to see? Um, where do you, where do you feel like his greatest opportunity for improvement is? Um, when it comes to shots around the green. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, first of all, to go back to your earlier point, you know, we built a game around being one of the best drivers and best iron players that he can be. We're, we're trying to be a great version of him. And when he does that, he's a great driver and, and hardly ever misses the fairway and is long enough. And he's a tremendous iron player and almost very rarely misses green. So one of the things is, you know, now that we're trying to improve the short game and the putting, take a little tighter lines on some of those iron play, iron shots. Because in the past, he'd say, oh, I hit that exactly where I wanted to. And I'm like, well, that's 21 feet right of the flag. Yep, that's exactly where I was aiming. I'm like, can we move that to 15 
feet or to 12 feet when you're on from the, you know, no wind from the middle of the fairway. Can we get a little tighter on that? And I'd say that was one of the reasons why he was able to win uh, a couple of years ago in Valero and one of the reasons he's playing greater now. Uh, but we, when we when we make a mistake, we want to be able to get them up and down or have chances to get them up and down. Uh, and so we have worked hard in your short game, getting the face a little bit more open in the in the backswing, you know, quieting the hands and wrists out a little bit uh, and having a better turn back and through mm-hmm. uh, some, some things we've worked on, you know, and, and being great at the, at the 75% shot, Travis, like I, I, with your students, I wanted to be good at this, the basic shot you're getting 75% of the time. We want to get those up and down all the time. And then we'll start adding some crazy circus shots to the game. And I'm pushing him there to try some of those as well in practice, but you're not going to pull those out unless you do them a lot in practice. Uh, and on the golf course, but in Corey's case, he takes the club back a teeny bit shut, and that's one of the things that makes him a great ball striker. He gets mm-hmm. a little bit bowed, and you know, so I, I'm careful to, to to work too much of that out in his short game and make him a nice short game player and a, and a terrible ball striker. We're not going there, so uh, we're just trying to get a little bit better in each area. And, and certainly, we know it's he, he's actually he is a very good bunker player. Uh, if you get in there and watch him practice and play, the sound he makes is fantastic. I, I know his stats particularly don't indicate that, but we're very confident there. And he's getting better around the greens as well by adding some variety and, and touching up some technique. Yeah, he had some great bunker shots in Hilton Head. Um, some really classy um, bunker shots. Not easy ones either. And you know, same, he, same at, uh, at, at Augusta as well. He had some, some yeah. beautiful ones. So, so um, tell us something we don't know about Corey. I mean, he seems to hear... He sounds like a kind of a quiet guy. He's he's humble, appreciative. He looks like very polite to me. And I say this because I've never met Corey. Yeah. Um, and 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 what you said about, you know, he kind of takes it in and then he lets it, you know, kind of almost marinate a little bit and then he and then he and then he kind of goes with it, right? And so it takes he kind of takes him a little bit more time. Um, the acceptance of it perhaps, right? He is he is he stubborn? In, in some regards, when, when it comes to that, tell us something that we, uh, we don't know about him. Well, he used the word smart uh, or really aware, but, you know, he's not changing things for the sake of, uh, sake of changing things. He's not, he's not uh, you know, blowing stuff up quickly. He's, he's, he's slow and, and plots his way along, and he's super smart about things. And he has to think about them, and they got to make sense to him before he's going to do stuff. And I would say that's, again, uh, the hallmark of a guy who's going to be uh, a top player for a long, long time. I mean, you know, some of the simple, he loves, he loves sports, loves hockey, you know, Maple Leafs are his team, but he just loves hockey. So every evening you can be sure he's opening up his laptop and watching an NHL game uh, on TV that, you know, so if he's got those late tea times, you know, he's going to try and stay up a little later and watch some hockey. That's awesome. Uh, so, and love, and just love sport in, in general. Uh, super competitive, Travis, like this guy is ultra competitive, even though he's quiet and kind of calm. Uh, you know, get him on the Peloton, you get him on the pickleball court, you get him anywhere on the golf course. I mean, he is ultra competitive and, and would really enjoy stepping on your throat. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, you know, but but I think that's typical of a lot of guys on tour. So, uh, you know, he's not uh, there's not a ton of flash and, and dash uh, to Corey Connors. But I think uh, over the course of a, of a year or two or a career, you're going to you're going to be pretty thankful for that. So you worked with um, let's talk about a couple other players here. So you worked with McKenzie Hughes for, for many, many years. Um, I know he's like he's like a son to you. Yeah, no, no, Max. Uh, you know, I consider him a, a great, great friend. He's like a, a like a younger brother or a son to me. I worked with him for. 
10 years, you know, he was on our junior team and on our national mm -hmm. team. He was on our amateur team and our, our, on our national amateur team. He was on our young pro squad like Corey and then transition, transition to the PGA tour. And honestly, Travis, I didn't think I'd ever coach, you know, it wasn't, wasn't my goal to coach players in the tour. It just when Mac got a PGA tour card after he won in the, uh, the corn Ferry tour, he's like, I'd really like to you to, to, uh, to coach me on the PGA tour. I'm like, Oh, I'm, Okay, sure. That sounds kind of cool, and so, and that that was a real, you know, real treat for me. And uh, and uh, so we spent three or four years on tour there, and I love his game as well. He's probably, I would say, he's one of the best putters in the world. Matt, mm -hmm. if you watch him putt, it's it's, it, it, I, I I just can't describe how nice it is to watch that man mm -hmm. roll the ball. Uh, and he's got a great short game, and he's he's actually someone who's got gained a lot of distance you know, with the Bryson and the, mm. the Dylan Fratelli and some of the guys who are really trying to pound it, you know, Matt's got a lot in the bag as well. And I like his game a ton. Now there's another young guy you work with. Who's who is uh second on the corn Ferry tour right now, 21st at the U S open Taylor uh, Pendrith. He's, he's got some big upside here as well. He's coming on. Yeah. Taylor, Taylor's a guy who will almost a hundred percent be in the PGA tour next year with this spot, the corn Ferry tour, uh, order merit. And you know, he's, it's been a long journey for Taylor. Uh, worked with him for a long time. All three guys, incidentally, are Kent State guys, which is uh, incredible. So they, re they really did a nice job. Her page and the Kent State guys. Uh, uh, John Mills is there now. They, they've done a really nice job of developing players, making it tough for them, not making it easy for them. And our national team's done the same, really trying to push them and challenge them and uh, get them out of their comfort zone. And uh, But... Uh, See, Taylor's got an unreal game. I think the he, people on tour are going to love him. He's extremely long uh, to the point where, you know, I can say, you know, well, how far can you hit? And he's like, oh, well, how far do you want me to hit it? You know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's wiry and fast. And, you know, I've been on the range of them where he's got 187 mile an hour ball speed. And, you know, and, and I'm like, well, can you go more than that? He's like, oh, yeah, for sure. I can go more than that. And wow. So, but he's also around the greens. He's got an unreal set of hands. Uh, so fantastic short game. So being super long, really straight and having nice hands around the green is a great combo. And, yeah. <laughs> and no, no, no one really knows about him, but people will, people are going to know about him in the next year, two or three. That's awesome. Look forward to, uh, to seeing him. So what's next here? We've got uh, Corey, um, as we look to the schedule here, he's not playing this week at, in new Orleans, but nope. what's the, what's next for him as we kind of work up to the PGA championship? Yeah, well, he's got uh, still question mark on Ballast Bar, uh, which is, is after New Orleans. And I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I know uh, the week after that, is that? Uh, Quill Hollow. Yep. Well, Wells, Wells Fargo. He's going to play Quail. Uh, mm -hmm. And he's gearing towards uh, Kiowa and the PGA. That's a yep. huge, hugely important event to him. And uh, he's got, you know, he's at, at the point in his career now, he's earned the ability to, to focus on the World Golf Championships and majors and some of the invitationals and play yep. in the big, big events and try and win those. So that's how he's, he's, he's building a schedule. Well, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, you've done a great job with him. I look forward to seeing uh, Taylor and his growth as he uh, works himself out to the out to the PDA tour. And if I um, if I happen to get to a tournament and you're there, I'll uh, I'll text you. I'd love to meet you in person and uh Big fan of your work. Big fan of Corey. Tell him that the president of his fan club um, is is watching, and he's very proud of him. <laughs> awesome. No, yeah, looking forward to meeting you in person, Travis. I've been a fan of yours as well for a long time. So thanks, thanks so much for having me on, Doc. You bet, Derek Ingram, uh, coach for U.S. or excuse me for the Canadian <laughs> for the Canadian team and uh, coach to. Uh, 
Corey Connors and Taylor Pendrip, thank you for joining us here on the Stripe Show podcast. See you next time. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. 